Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by David the... about the third dick. <laughs> I flipped off David before we started recording. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or right after. So if you want to see me flip off, David, you can just give us five bucks on Patreon. Uh... You can see the video episode, and you can go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio, and you can see that little pause before the episode. That I edit out uh, the audio. Uh, you, 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 you unmitigated dick. Well done. I'm just so proud of myself. And we also ma- be- we also managed to get the plug out the first minute too. So yeah, you know, <laughs> we took a month off and it was glorious. We don't take enough breaks and it was really nice. And I was so hyped to come back. What about you? Oh yeah, no, I love doing this and it was it's nice to uh, to to see you again. It's been too long. I, I don't know. Now I feel bad because I was really, really happy to take a month off. <laughs> but, but you know. Well, we did just hit 250 episodes. Yeah. This is episode 251 for those playing along. And also our perspectives are different because I'm editing them and stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. It's not as, we're not raw dogging it like we used to. Yeah. It, um, what? <laughs> wow. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> I love, the delay makes it so much sweeter. <laughs> I'm surprised what the delay didn't start after we started What's Nerdy With You. I'd be like, and today, time for Boom. everyone's favorite. What? <laughs> Boom. Um, we are, because this is the first recorded episode of the year, I decided there would be no outline. I had plenty of time to write one. I had plenty of time for a topic, but it's I not like you took. It's decided. not like you took two recordings off or anything. I mean, well, also looking at looking at our record, we generally talk about Christmas in the new year. Well, most people's nerdy thing usually involves stuff they got for Christmas. Yeah, so... we do our like year in the review, and then we do Christmas. But so. We're going to do a Christmas-related topic, but first... Uh, but first, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, the pe- the, the, the two-player edition, where we uh, talk about the nerdy things we've done over the past month or so. And, and the then, person uh... who loses dies. Oh, oh, that's the one-player edition. Oh, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not sure where how to unpack that. Um... <laughs> Wow, it's going to be that kind of year. Alrighty. <laughs> Set, uh, kicking us off with a bang there, Brian. Uh, something, 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 widget system, go. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is no widget system. There is no voting. It's just talking about the nerdiest things we've done lately. There's usually more than one because Brian. we have time to fill for Brian. the sex. Brian, it's not your fault. I'm, I, thank you, fault. David. <laughs> I think my dark sense of humor 100% is my fault. Not your fault, Brian. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to. That was great. That was perfect. Uh, I mean, when when they get queued up like that, you just got to swing for the fence. Oh, my God. 
Well, the nerdiest thing I've done this week was that conversation. Um, I mean, what, come on, who doesn't love a uh, who who doesn't love a Robin Williams quote? <laughs> what what was nerdy with you, David? Oh, I did lots of things. Uh, the nerdiest, in my opinion, was uh, I got to watch a record in my eyes get rolled in front of me at a uh, craps table in Vegas. Oh, so I I go out to Vegas every year to go hang out with Grant for a couple days in yeah. his neck of the woods over New Year's every year. So I drove out there uh, before uh, New Year's on the Friday and stopped in State Line. And they had installed the new electronic craps tables where it's still a table, but there's stations around and you can place all your bets electronically on a screen. But you, but they still roll physical dice. Yeah. So there's still that element. Well, in the hour and a half I ended up staying there, uh, the lady at the far end of the table uh, kept the dice the entire time and rolled 53 numbers before she hit a seven. Wow. 53 it was insane. How much did she win? I won almost 400, and I never even touched the dice. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah that how was, that was how big did the crowd get? Oh, uh, that was, I mean, unfortunately, State Line is not as popular as it well, used yeah. to be, but every every station at that table was full, and every, the machine was just printing money. It was great. Wow. She, that was, she was incredible. 53 rolls. That was, that was the biggest the biggest streak I've ever seen. Hold on. I'm looking it up. <laughs> oh, what the record is? Yeah. I have no idea. Because the table actually keeps track of it for you, because it's keeping track of all the numbers that are getting rolled, because it has, there's some extra side bets and stuff you can do for, like, uh, there's one where if, uh, it's a th- like a 45 to 1 bet that if all all uh, roll combinations except for 7 come up before a 7 comes up, you get paid. <laughs> 154. Wow. In 2009. Where at? Um, Does it say? I, I didn't open the article. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. I'm not. No, not we're we're invested now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I her name was there. Patricia Tomorrow. Okay. Oh, here we go. Atlantic City. Oh, okay. Borgata Hotel, Casino, and Spa. Nice. Yeah. So I sat down, put a hundred dollar bill in the machine, and walked away with a ticket for almost five. <laughs> oh, it was great. And then I got the dice and immediately crapped out and was all right. That's enough and left. <laughs> What's funny is by. Breaking the record, she gets into this platinum arm club where you get all sorts of benefits. That's kind of neat. Yeah, depends on the casino. The uh, yeah, uh, the clubs like that do uh, the perks when the systems. The more money you spend there, the nicer the perks are. And if you, I, uh, my grandparents up in Utah had neighbors that would spend weeks at a time in Vegas at like Caesar's properties, and they were like triple or there seven diamond members of the loyalty program and they'd get everything because they'd get their flights comped they'd get everything comped it was crazy she was the she was the first person to get into the platinum arm club at that casino oh wow in one shot wow most of the time it took at least two mm, okay that's cool <laughs> Well, it's based on time at machine and mm-hmm. 154 rolls. She was probably standing there for three, four hours. <laughs> four hours and yeah. um, four hours and 18 minutes. Yeah, I believe it. Most of those point systems, at least at the tables, are all based on time spent at the table. So they take into about into account the amount you're betting as well. But mostly it's how long you're there. I, You know what one of my favorite ways to end a movie about gambling is? Mm. When someone puts a giant bet on something 
and they just end the movie without telling you if he won or lost. <laughs> I think it's a great way to end a movie. Like, you can end most movies that way. Uh, okay. Like, uh, if Kevin we... McAllister went to the casino and bet a he whole was bunch of eight. money he stole from his parents Sorry, on roulette on Zero Zero, he, he would have had some nine. story in costume or something. He's Kevin McAllister. He's sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing stopping him from the fact that he killing he those burglars oh. was the neighbor showing up. That I mean, it looked like the neighbors saved him, but really, he saved them from him. <laughs> if he hadn't showed up, that freaking kid would have like fallen back, and Frank would have stepped forward and fallen into a spiked pit. There's one thing you do not give Batman and Kevin McAllister prep time. Prep time. <laughs> you know the, the scene where the neighbor shows up is is where where the neighbor doesn't show up is the Kevin McAllister just starts laughing when <laughs> when he's when he's um when he's held and yeah. the, and Frank just freaking keels over from the poison. <laughs> And they hang him up from the hook, and he just starts laughing maniacally. Kicks, uh, kicks him in the stomach. Yeah, right when he dies, he just goes with his hands on his cheeks. That's the horror movie remake that's going to come out in another ten or fifteen years. Do you know Mickey Mouse went out of copyright? Yes. So has uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, who's going to join in that the next last uh, year, right? Well, Tigger's going to join in the next slasher that's coming out this year. Oh, uh, I know there's uh, two Mickey Mouse horror movies coming out this year. Yeah. So what was nerdy with you? Um, I I I went. What was nerdy with you? What did you? Oh, you went gambling. Yeah, I won a lot of oh, money because some lady did an amazing thing. Off. I I don't just have coffee in this cup, and that's probably why it's tangenting pretty hard. Um, what is nerdy with me is um as usual I'm sharing a nerdy a nerdy present I got for Christmas. Um, my wife Heather got me. A present I have been wanting since I was 12, a set of juggling clubs. That's not where I thought that was going to go. Well, I mean, where did you think it was going to go? It's something I wanted since I was 12. We're not going there. Okay. No, it's a set of juggling clubs. I actually practiced with them a few times. I'll get it. I haven't got it yet. I will get it eventually. Nice. I actually had a teacher ask me if I could get it, if I could be able to do it by March, and I went, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I'm not going to commit to that. <laughs> I'm wearing one of my Christmas presents. So I got a Marvel t-shirt. <laughs> the goal is eventually to juggle knives. I've wanted to juggle knives since I was a kid, and you got to learn to juggle clubs first, and I really want to learn how to do it. I mean, unless you're really, really dedicated to the blades, then you just start with those and graduate the School of Hard Knocks using those. It really doesn't matter. They're not sharp as long as you're careful not to get the point. But then you then you graduate to the running chainsaws. Which have no blades in them. I, I, know, I know the tricks. I, I know. I My introduction to juggling knives was through Brune at Renaissance Fair, where yep. he cuts the knife with the carrot, and then <laughs> and goes, ooh, and then he cuts the carrot with his finger. <laughs> God, I love that show. <sighs> for, for listeners who have no clue what we're talking about, there is a stand-up comedy acrobat juggling multiple things show called Brune. And this guy is just great at the... He's hysterical. 
at the original Ren Fair in Irwindale, California, which is yep. like the April-May season every year. It's the season where David isn't on the podcast sometimes. I'll be able to do the Fridays, but I won't be able to do the Sundays. Yep. Um, and then, what is it? They do, on the same stage, they do two shows. They do Brune and Moody. Yep. Mooney. Uh, Mooney, Mooney and Brune. Mooney's an acrobat, and Brune is a, the comedian. And then and at the end of the day, a little bit of like mime too, right? Where yeah. he doesn't talk, but then yeah, he's, he does he's, talk. He's not verbal until he's not. And then when he does talk, it's usually funny because he gets very angry at somebody and starts yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he goes non verbal with a whistle or whatever for the most part. Then as soon as he gets angry, he's like, all right, come on, stop. <laughs> My first encounter with Mooney was before I'd seen the show because I ran into him sitting on a bench playing a flute, and the flute ah. was made out of a carrot. Um, it's it's one of the things he does to advertise his show. He'll go out there and he'll make the flute, and then he'll sit there and play it. Yeah, I I enjoy that. I I always go to see Bruin when I go to Ren Fair, and I've seen him at a few different Ren Fairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he travels. Yeah, so does Mooney. Not as far, but yeah, I I went to one Ren Fair with Bruin performed with someone else. <gasps> How dare he? No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, then it was it was just yeah, it was, it was the same kind of thing. It was like they both had shows on the same stage and then they did a show at the end of the day. But Mooney and Brune do non-Ren Fair gigs too. They do yes, like they fringe do. festival and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and Brune's actually does stand up occasionally. I know he, yeah, he's, he's he's done he's done shows before. If if you go to a Ren Fair and there is a comic there is an act called Brune. It is not what you expect. It is no. like really funny stand up comedy. And most of it doesn't have anything to do with being at Renfair. Oh, He's so in costume. Good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got clubs. I've been juggling since I was 12, and I've wanted clubs, and it was always like an expense thing, and Heather got them for me, and I was really well, happy. Well, I mean, just don't go clubbing any baby seals. You're good to go. It was a swing and a miss. But no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't, that, Now that's funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um tribal lion because you're i'm sure this is gonna be one of those episodes that you're gonna be on you're gonna be on discord going i didn't get it did you were you looking at something on screen i i think we're communicating okay i think a lot of references and wordplay and we're not bothering to explain it you don't have to I mean, if we did explain it every time, it would be like clubbing a dead horse. Yeah. Although my one of my favorite T-shirts is a picture of a dance club with a bunch of seals with glow sticks. It's to stop clubbing baby seals. I love that. <laughs> I've seen that before. Um, but anyway, for people who have no clue what we're talking about, juggling clubs are the gateway to juggling knives. Juggling knives aren't sharp. They're just balanced a certain way. If you learn how to juggle clubs, you can juggle knives. The actual dangerous thing, juggling knives are like a four out of ten on the danger scale torches is where it starts to get dangerous well yeah you introduce fire to anything it yeah gets dangerous you know fire's hot by definition but there is one thing i have done that i don't think i've ever shared on the show this isn't recent so it's not my nerdy thing but um i put a torch in my mouth i did the i i because when i was a kid we had um ringling brothers barman bailey used to come out and oh so you're saying you had quite the oral experience at the circus in in my elementary school wow <laughs> brave of you maybe i should be playing this game by myself <laughs> oh my god
<laughs> oh, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm, I'm not. Really it's sorry. funny, but I'm I'm sorry I said that because I shouldn't have. But it was funny. T W T W indeed. Oh man. Moving on. Uh, Anything you swallowed, else? You swallowed fire. Huh? You swallowed fire. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, uh, the circus arts. It was it. It was basically open your mouth and they put the thing there and then they let go yeah. and yeah. They, it. Um. I. I used to, I figured out this parlor trick I could do, and I do it sometimes, but I can put matches out on my tongue, mm. and um, it it generally impresses a certain audience who doesn't know that anyone can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I've done but, it. It's not something I do for fun, but I've done well, it. Well, yeah, it's like you can because you can you you put a you put a match in your mouth. It's yeah. going to go out right away, and if you stick a match on your tongue, you have a membrane of mucus on your tongue, even if you can't see it, and exactly from the flame. And it, uh, ideally, you get like a, a little bit of extra moisture on your tongue before you do it, so it just puts it out the second it touches it. So Yeah, it. but I mean, but I would do the thing where you would grind the match into the tongue, like the geek trick. No, but, no. Um, I don't know. Nobody taught me that. I was just some deranged kid who freaking stuck a match in his mouth and see what happens maybe i'll feel something <laughs> wow huh. you're, well that worked i we gotta find some like generic kind of like a generic um uh panic of the disco knockoff band to play in the background <laughs> during this what's nerdy with you because of the <laughs> stupid jokes we've been making I mean, to be fair, you started it. <laughs> I I didn't. I wasn't even making a KYS joke. Uh huh. Okay. I was not. Okay. You took it there. Okay. Blame me if you have to, buddy. Oh, I, I broke that was Brian. a great episode. Yes. Stay nerdy. I, stay in form. I broke Brian. I don't get to do that very often. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. Another one of those. It was good. <laughs> Drunk Brian's kind of fun. It's one <laughs> shot. It's one. All right, Buzz the Giant is uh, is kind of fun. I, and nah, drunk works. I'm I'm a very lightweight type of person. Well, I didn't drink it slow. How much whiskey did you put in that cup of coffee? One shot. Okay. Measured. Ah, okay. You're one of those. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Two out, two ounce pour. It um. Was it the a, big size? It's a tall boy shot with? glass. It's a tall boy shot glass. So okay, it's so two and a quarter. Two ounce- Two and a quarter, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven twelve, that'll do it. Yeah. You're feeling um, a little warm and fuzzy right now. It feels actually, good. Actually, no. And it it's not the buzzed feeling. It's more like the tired feeling. Mm. That's usually what happens if I drink a uh, drink too quickly. I get tired. I don't get buzzed. I it just kind of wipes me out. Um one that that could be something we could talk about, but let me let Let's let's clear up if we have any more nerdy things and we can focus on topic. But I, I do I am interested in maybe that's an off episode bonus episode thing because it's not really sure, nerdy at down. all. It's just yeah. Sure, write it down. All right. And let's put that in the notes. Okay, cool. Um nerdy thing. Uh <laughs> I <laughs> I got my board game group. I reintroduced uh, Settlers of Catan to my board game group that meets on Saturday nights. Yay! We've been playing Catan for like the past two months. Uh, yeah, I, fun stuff. That's cool. I um I went to yoga for the first time in a long time, but I don't know how nerdy that is. I mean, nice. if you knew how into it, I get maybe. But we'll 
we'll use that for like when I go on a yoga hike or something, not just when I go to a class. Brian, you have you have uh, ADHD. When you when you focus on something, you hyper focus on something. I know how into it you get. I used to <laughs> teach yoga classes, so yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know how into it you get. Um, I am. Um, oh, you know what's coming up? This isn't the nerdy thing I did recently, but it is one I'm going to do soon. Um, an, a gaming cafe is opening next awesome. week, and I'm going to start going there once a week on the way home, and I'm going to run um, demos of Blades in the Dark. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, other than that, my party in Pathfinder hit 10th level. Oh, nice. My, uh, my party is, they started the last book of Carrion Crown. Uh, they're finally going after, uh, going after the, the Whispering Way and Tarbafond himself. Spoilers for anyone playing the, uh, the Carrion Crown campaign. The Whispering Way did it! I think we spoiled that last episode, too. It's not a spoiler. They're the bad guys. Of the, of the whole campaign <laughs> it's not a mystery no no it's not you actually know where they are you just have to go there and get them and go there they shall so you they know should what be done with adventure that. path i would like to play eventually is strange aeons uh it depends yeah it, 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 it i've read some of it it's pretty good um the if you are interested in hearing a playthrough of at least the first three books or so glass cannon did most of strange aeons their second season was Strange Aeons. When we had Order of the Ember die on, weren't they running it? I think they were, yeah. Yeah. God, that was a long time ago. It was. You should reach out to them again. Yeah, that's a good idea. It'd be funny if they... Well, they, they Order of the Ember die is interesting because they'll run an entire adventure path in one weekend. Yeah, but they do it on... They don't stop. Yeah, writing it down. Yeah, they go 16, 18, 20 hours at a go. Sleep I think he said 50... Oh, they go straight? They don't even stop? No, they take breaks. They take breaks. But they I, I think he said 50. Wow, that's insane. Because these games can be run like that. It's just that they, they take a certain number of hours. It's really how long you guys play broken up over how many sessions. Like my group, we we, pro we get a good two, three hours in in the five or six hours we're gathered on Saturdays. So. One of the interesting things they do is in addition to it being a long game, it's a crazy high quality experience where the miniature tables have fog pumped into them and shit. Mm -hmm. You know, they, but have they also, they also and... streamline a lot of stuff. Yeah. Their combat is very streamlined and they've got yeah. stuff, you know, already decided and pre-rolled and yeah, or, they... you know, when it's not your turn, you're doing your rolls and stuff. So when it is your turn, you just read off whatever you got. And go. I mean, I know there are groups that take a year or two to finish adventure pass or sometimes even longer. And I'm coming up on, two and a half for this uh carrying crown campaign and you're almost done almost done i'm looking at probably another two three months and uh, we should be done I, they just started book six they just got to the first real encounters so any idea what you guys are going to do next uh, i'm running kingmaker oh because we want we we tried to play it before but we never got past book one like it always happens and everyone wants to do it so we're going to try and get to book two <laughs> no um, sleep till book two. <laughs> who's it? Um, Anna Meyer, who's one of our common guests. Mm. I played it with her, and her character actually died in book one. Yeah, yeah. They're from because it's expiration, and we just mm -hmm. were like, let's go to this hex, and it was the bad one. I'm not going to spoil what was there, but yeah, no, I, I, I get. You. Well, unfortunately, uh, we have a mutual friend that was gming the game of Kingmaker. I got to play in. And this uh, person was rather bloodthirsty, and we had a character death almost every session. 
I want to get that Kingmaker book that they did the Kickstarter for. Oh, the fifth ed conversion? I want to the, get that too. Well, they have the um, second edition one too. Oh, okay, but but yeah. it's I, um, f- I don't really care which edition it is. Yeah, I want the additions to the story that include the stuff from the video game. Yeah, because they introduce some of the NPCs that are video game only, and okay, so I haven't are, played the video game, so I don't know any of that. There are things in Kingmaker that don't really stitch well together because Kingmaker is very sandbox, and it's just kind of like you do. You you can do whatever the hell you want in the first book. Well, and... it's, it's, well, the whole thing is the first book is you're exploring your kingdom. Yeah. And the second book, you're building your kingdom. Yeah. The third book, you're maintaining your kingdom. The but, fourth book, you start defending your kingdom. But while all that's going on, there's a big thing that happens in the last book. Yeah. And a lot of people complained that it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it depends on how well you're able to move it in. And, and also... Look- it legendary games did a series of like add-ons for it where they included all sorts of encounters that helped stitch it together a little bit better okay i'll have to look into that because i've i've run the first book and i've i played in it once and i've gm'd it twice to the point of where i know what happens in the first book well enough to where i almost don't need the book <laughs> one of the one of the writers of it is um Matt Goodall, he's the guy who wrote that Pathfinder Society adventure with the with the goblin that joins the party. I don't remember. Where you like the party goes out and comes back to the place where they're staying and there's a goblin going through the closet. I I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah, they 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 added an adventure where the party makes I love friends it. That's awesome. Goblin, and it was designed to introduced goblins into the Pathfinder Society. Oh, so if that's playable credit, okay. So it's like how they introduced them classes and stuff too. Way before second edition came out. Yeah. Okay. Neat. And well they they also did it because they had those goblin chronicle sheets that were letting people play goblins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, people were you could you know there was pre-generated goblins for the all the weeby goblins adventures too. You could use Yeah. They were they they were trying to introduce goblins as a playable race. I get it. Yeah. The um it helps that their art for them is both creepy yet adorable. I actually have a funny story about that adventure. Mm. So I ran that adventure at Gen Con and I sit down and fucking Matt Goodall, the writer of the adventure, sat at the table to play. <laughs> I knew him already. I had lunch with him at a couple of cons, so it was a deliberate F with me. It wasn't just random. <laughs> That's fucked. It's funny, but it's fucked. He even made the he even made the comment what of I never thought it would be run that way. It works a few times. <laughs> wow. All right. Talk about pressure. It wasn't bad. I it, it actually helped because when the when the writer is at the table, I am I am just a the troll part of me comes out and it's like, <laughs> let's make this go off the fucking rails. <laughs> there, oh, good. I don't remember which adventure it was, but there was one that the players were like, they had to search for something in the city and they found out about this place they had to go. And they were like, can we go to the city planner and see if we could get plans for this building and how it connects into the sewers. And they went through so much work. They rolled well. 
it was very creative and i let them go in the back door of the dungeon and fight the boss first nice. and then go through all the encounters before <laughs> after they fought the boss oh that's good that's funny and i, I like creative solutions stuff like that that's great well, the, um, fighting the boss from the back end of the dungeon was a little bit more time consuming because it there was an incredible bottleneck. It was not intended to be run that way. <laughs> exactly, which is the advantage of doing it like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I guess we both win this game. I mean, it's the, the duo edition doesn't really have a winner and a loser. We don't vote, remember? Well, that's why we both win. Yay! Thank you. Goodness, I didn't play by myself. So you're the one that keeps bringing that shit up. <laughs> Jackass. Speaking of inappropriate jokes, we're talking about Christmas this episode. Fuck your Christmas. Humbug. <laughs> um, what, um, what's, a, what's a holiday tradition for you that you really appreciate? See, I haven't actually done most of my holiday traditions in the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you just said you go to Vegas. Well, yeah, but that's, that's a New Year's thing. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I Why is that a holiday? I didn't say Christmas. Fair enough. Uh, so for New Year's, I drive to Vegas every year because, uh, you know, as Grant spends enough time out here with me. It's nice to go up and hang out with him. I that's i i that's one thing i always said that was really cool that you do because i i have my best friend lives in california and i mean i'm lucky if i get there every few years i mean vegas is only four and a half hours away it's not like it's true the other side of the planet true um my holiday tradition is well i i think i have a bunch but i think my favorite one is shredding and frying potatoes onions and eggs and making latkes mm. because they're really good nice i do i do love latkes there were a few I used to have that I haven't really done in a while. Like I used to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Thank um Thanksgiving. Is it Thanksgiving or New Year's that used to have the Twilight Zone marathon? Uh, I think it's that one was those, right? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Used to do the Twilight Zone marathon. They used to do that, and that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, I did my my other one that I do nowadays, a hundred percent of the time, is uh, my I watch Die Hard and Die Hard Two. But yeah, <laughs> still haven't seen it. <sighs> You're breaking my heart, man. Well, every seen, every every time you break up my heart. Well, I've seen Die Hard two, three, and four. I've just never seen Die Hard. Somehow that makes it worse, doesn't it? No, just makes you even more of a ridiculous bitch than you already are. The only thing though is, is when I originally saw Die Hard two, the sign he was wearing on the street was extremely offensive. That wasn't in Die Hard two, jackass. That was three. Was oh, that the third one? Yes, that's the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Die okay. Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. You know what my favorite Die Hard movie is, though? Um, the yes, uh, Troll Troll Away. No, the um. Hold on. My favorite Die Hard movie is The Last Boy Scout. Okay. Sure. Have you seen it? Yes. It's it's a Die Hard movie. Pretty much, yeah. My favorite Bruce Willis movie is Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Of the most recent Die Hard movies, my favorite one is Violent Night. That was so good. <laughs> what was the Die Hard movie with Channing Tatum in the White House? Uh, oh, um, well, uh, Olympus Has Fallen? or uh, No, the that's the... That's what's the, the other one? Uh, that's the um, Gerard Butler one. Right, what was the other one? Uh, I don't remember what the other one was. They were both so fucking stupid, and they came out at the exact same time. White House uh, Down. That was it. I liked White House Down. Jamie yeah. Foxx and uh, Channing Tatum, I thought it was great. It was all right. They were both all right. 
I mean, I don't think either one of them warranted a sequel, but sure, whatever. Give it, make Gerard Butler some money. It's been a while since 300. <laughs> one thing I really liked about White House Down was, for one, it was Die Hard in the White House. And for Literally. two, the president was actually like one of the action people running around doing action stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he was clearly supposed to be Obama. Yep. And then I, uh, the other one, the other one where they changed it, uh, where it was the uh, the North Koreans suddenly attacked and seized control of the White House using a daring, daring infiltration plan. <laughs> was that Olympus has fallen? Yeah, that was the Olympus See, has I've, fallen. I've never seen it or the yeah. sequels. See, that one took it a lot more serious face, and it was really good. Gerard Butler is great in it, but oh my god, are they ridiculous? <laughs> Like the 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 opening firing scene, they literally literally the, the the secret service agents are coming out of the door one by one, just getting mowed down. The next one runs out, gets mowed down. The next one runs out, gets mowed down. So if we're talking <laughs> about stupid. Christmas movies, and the most overt Christmas diehard movie is Violet Night. I watched Violet Night this Christmas. Oh, it's a great movie. And I have to say, I love it. There's one thing that could have been better about it. So, spoiler warning for listeners: if you haven't seen Violet Night, go watch Violet Night right now. Probably we'll only. Oh, no, no, we'll wait. About... We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> we're probably going to only talk about this spoiler discussion for maybe a couple of minutes. You could probably just skip ahead and skip it. But all right, so spoilers now. I think he should have gotten the present from his wife about halfway through the movie. Or like three quarters of the way in the movie and not the end. It was wasted. He should have gotten that present like right before he fought John Leguizamo or right after the guy shot him or something. Or like three quarters into the movie, he should have actually used the thing. It was it was a perfect setup. I get that. And he should have picked it up and like his outfit changed like he was picking up (laughs) Molyneux. It should have been totally epic. Oh, yeah. Because if they had every, any opportunity to do some really magical shit, it could have been right then. Now, oh, yeah. John Languizamo getting pureed through a chimney. That was amazing. Was pretty great. Oh, my God. I still got some Christmas magic. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like that. Ooh, so good. They grounded Santa quite a bit. And he wasn't a god till like the end of the movie. Well, he remembered who he was. That was part of it. Was he had to remember? He had to re- rekindle his the spirit. But yeah, the getting the present at the end of the movie, it was like that. Such a wasted opportunity. Yeah. The other part of it is, is they wanted it to be like. See, the, the Violet Night is great because it mashes up two of the greatest uh, holiday film franchises ever: Die Hard and Home Alone. They even name drop Home Alone in the first few minutes of Violet yeah. Night. <laughs> but i i thought it was good i thought i thought um it was there it had some tonal problems where it couldn't really decide what the tone of the movie was yeah but i mean i enjoyed it i did love how they tried to pull the old switcheroo to in the end because i mean you don't really see it coming right away but they're like oh no wait they're pulling a diehard too okay yeah the good guys are actually the more bad guys. <laughs> I I I mean I saw it coming. It I was... I did too eventually, but at the beginning I was like, oh okay, cool. They got it. Oh no, the good guys are actually more bad guys. The fact that they kept on describing them as a death squad made me fair. not believe that it was the saviors coming. <laughs> the fair point. Fair point. It was broadcast quite heavily. 
Um, no, but I enjoyed it a lot. It 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 didn't. It, there were times though where the movie felt like it couldn't decide what its tone was supposed to be. Yeah, it definitely seemed like there were some editing choices that were made that made things a little choppy. In it some places. had like it's like the violence levels were very grounded. They were brutal, but they were very grounded. They were like the fight scenes in the move in the show Dollhouse, yeah. where you, you you know the the punches were heavy, and a lot of the fights felt like the characters were getting tired while they were fighting, like on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of the movie where all of a sudden heads are exploding, and I went, "What? What? Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh. Yeah." And it, yeah, the tone kept changing. I see that. Yeah, I, 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 that, yeah, that, yeah, anyway, there, there's my review. There's my, my spoilerish <laughs> review of Violent Night. I really, really enjoyed the movie and thought it was quite good, but I felt that it had some flaws. It could have been much better. Um, if you ever wanted to watch David Harbour go medieval on that ass as dressed as Santa, this is your Yeah. Movie. <laughs> and I love how <laughs> literally no... medieval on that ass. To the audience, there was no doubt that he was Santa. That was one of the best decisions of that. Is oh, that yeah. He was always Santa. He was never not Santa. Yeah. And they also went a very different origin route with Santa yes. than the normal Christian origin. Well, the Christian origin was stolen from paganism, paganist yeah, and, roots anyways, but that's beside the point. he couldn't really decide how he became Santa either, which was kind of neat. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Oh, it's a great movie. It's a new Christmas favorite, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think of It's a Wonderful Life? I've seen it enough. I mean, it's a great movie, but I don't enjoy sitting through it as as often anymore. My mom loves it. My dad loves it. He watches it every year. My, mom's a, were... my mom's a Miracle on 34th Street fan. She watches that religiously. I have trouble getting through it, even the remake. Yeah, I'm the same. They're great movies, and I have seen them, but they're just so slow in places. It's like, it, oh, it, God. Uh, we're close enough in age that we both experience the turn on the TV around Christmas, and it's the only thing on a channel playing over and over all day. Yeah. And they stopped doing that after a while. Well, now it's a Christmas story. Yeah. TBS plays that movie, like, nonstop for two straight days. It's insane. It's a great movie, don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> it's also racist <laughs> but i i think i have to say that my favorite christmas movie of all time is scrooged okay with bill murray yeah uh mine's up there my, my all-time if i had to pick one all-time favorite it would be muppet christmas carol a big one that stuck with me and i will be shocked if you've heard of this when i was very little mm-hmm. there was a movie called santa claus where dudley moore played an elf uh no I have seen it just like two years ago. It holds up, and it's a fucking bizarre movie. Sounds like it. I highly recommend seeing it. It's called Santa Claus. I'll have to look into that. Santa Claus, Dudley Moore. Let me see, when did it come out? 1985. Okay. I wasn't born yet. Yeah. I was... I would have been in kindergarten. No, I would have been in first grade. Actually, 85, my parents hadn't met yet. Yeah, I would have been in first grade. <laughs> um, but it's got Dudley Moore, John Lithgow. Okay. Um, a whole bunch of people I've never heard of. All right, I'll check it out. But it was sort of the Santa Claus movie before Tim Allen did the Santa Claus. Okay, and was Tim it, Allen's a remake or would they just use the name? No, it, was, it wasn't the Santa Claus like a law. It was just Santa Claus, like C-L-A-U-S, not okay. C-L-A-U-S-E. Okay, fair enough. But it was it was 
I think it was the first time that they kind of did the dissect Santa and have like a high budget Santa movie with then, but it's an 80s movie. Mm. In that it has a dark, sick-feeling side to it. That well, yeah, everyone was on cocaine while they were doing it. It, I mean, it gave, it. <laughs> it was the eighties. Any time my parents took me to a kids' movie when I was a kid, I would be like, "Yay!" Through most of the movie, and then there would be one or two scenes in the movie where you'd be like, "Well, you grew up I watching Don Bluth movies, so you woke up. You grew up watching Don Bluth animations, so <laughs> did I? I think I'm old enough that I think I watched things like The Rescuers and shit." That too. Or the yeah. Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. I was I was a little kid right before the Disney Renaissance. But, I was a little kid during the middle of it. <laughs> but I I did get to experience Pinocchio and Snow White in the theater because they did all that Disney showing, you know, like putting them back in theaters when I was a kid because yeah. I still had you know, when I was a kid they still did that. Yeah. Uh I got to see uh Lion King, Aladdin, uh, the original Toy Story, and a couple others in theaters for the first time. Oh, Pocahontas I saw in theaters. Um, Fern Gully I saw in theater. Uh, a few years ago, <laughs> I actually finally did get to experience Fight Club in the movie theater, because you know it's my favorite movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I finally got to experience it in a movie theater. And I won the trivia contest before the movie, and nice. I got a free ticket. <laughs> nice. And I kept it in my special items envelope that where I keep <laughs> all my prize stuff. And I, because whenever I win like a free get ticket or something, I generally don't use it. I just stick it in the with my con badges and stuff like that. Right. But they asked me what the name of Edward Norton's character was in the movie. Okay. It's Tyler Durden, isn't it? It was worded as, um, well, yeah, they asked that and they were looking for that answer. Uh-huh. But I said, in the script, he doesn't have a name. He's just listed as the narrator. Fair. And I, they gave it to me. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. I haven't read the script. But yeah, yeah. he actually is Tyler Durden. Yeah. Uh, the Edward Norton character is his mind in hallucinating. the actual book, they um, make sure to let you know yeah. that his name's not Tyler Durden. But they mm. never say what his name is. Okay, so he's unnamed. Okay. Yeah, because when someone calls him Tyler, he pulls out his license and shows it to that person and shows ah, that okay. he's not Tyler Durden. But they never mention his name. Gotcha. Neat. I didn't know that. The the line in the movie where they used to have things like "I'm Jack's raging bile bile duck" and stuff like that. Yeah, those are straight out of the book, right? In the book, it's Joe because they were actually referencing a um, Reader's Digest article. Uh, yeah, and they I'm, had to change it to Jack because of Reader's Digest, and they changed I, the name of the magazine to the. They changed the name of the magazine to the Annotated Reader. Yeah, I had read that. Yeah, I'd heard about that. Yeah, that's great. Love it. What's funny is I've seen that movie over three hundred times, literally over three hundred times, and I can't quote movies even if I've seen them that many times. Mm. I'm the opposite. I've seen a movie once and I can quote from it. Yeah, generally. I've never been able to do that. It's just, I, I can play scenes in my head like I'm watching them. It's kind of weird sometimes, but that's just the way my brain works. That's neat. Yeah, it's a gift, a blessing and a curse. So, we, we didn't dig into Home Alone. No, um, we didn't. It's a great movie. You know what I would love to see one of these days? What? The cut of Home Alone, where they didn't include the sound effects, where it just looks ultra-violent. Oh. <laughs> but one of the things they did to tone down the violence in Home Alone is they sped up the reel a little bit that they 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 filmed on slower reels to make it faster just a yeah. little bit faster so it looked more cartoony they also don't show any blood yeah 
and Marv steps on a fucking four-inch nail, and there's no blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then in the second one, he turns into a skeleton at one point. Yes. I mean, it's total cartoon effect. He gets electrocuted and turns into a skeleton. I mean, uh, Marv's head gets set on fire. Oh, shit. The nerdy thing I did. I went to a fucking Home Alone house on Christmas. Nice. Yeah, it was decorated all with the Home Alone stuff and had the cardboard cutouts <laughs> in the windows with the music playing and everything. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. shit, I forgot about that. Well, luckily it's the duo edition. It yeah. never really ends. Yeah, we, I, I went to a Home Alone house. Um, There was a Star Wars house, too. Nice. Very nice. Uh, it's a street out here. Because you know how every most cities have that street where oh, yeah. everyone goes to see the decorations? There's a street here called yep. Peacock Lane. And they did a Star Wars house, huh? Yeah, there was a Star Wars house. There was a Home Alone nice. house. There was a Goonies house. Nice. Goonies isn't a Christmas movie, though, is it? Neither is Star Wars. Fair. Well, Star Wars did have a holiday special. True. <laughs> Happy Life Day. Yeah. The um is I got to look this up. What? What's well, a Spielberg movie, and a lot of Spielberg movies are secretly Christmas movies. What movie? Oh, E.T.? Is Goonies a Christmas movie? No, I don't think e. so. E.T. is a Halloween movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, according to I, I think it takes Reporter, place in the summer, because ho- their According kids to Hollywood Reporter, it's the greatest non-Christmas Christmas film of all time. Okay. Because so it's the, it's the movie Christmas. a lot of people watch on Christmas Day. Ugh. Oh, it's an article about the Goonie adventure card game. Ah, uh, adventure card game, Jesus. Um, here's an interesting tidbit for you. C- tell me if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I met Cindy Lauper when I was a kid. Uh, I don't related uh, to the Goonies. She yeah, did I don't, the soundtrack I don't, to the Goonies. Awesome. Yeah, she did. Girls just want to have fun. That's Cindy Lauper. Yep. She performed at a Pizza Hut when I was very little. I met the guy that wrote "The Girls Just Want to Have Lunch." Weird Al. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, you haven't? No. That song? Or the story? No, I don't think I've heard Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. Oh, yeah. It's a classic one. Uh, they, uh, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. No, no, no uh, breakfast or dinner or lunch or, uh, or brunch. Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. On many a Christmas, I got Weird Al albums for my birthday growing up. Mm. What is your favorite Weird Al song and why? Ah. <sighs> This is uh, there's a there's two parts to this though. The first part is white and nerdy, obviously, and then the second one is it's all about the Pentiums. Oh, I like that one. I like both of those. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, on that album. It's not the best song on that album. That album had some really good ones. What's the Weird Al song that you catch yourself singing all the time, like every once in a while? Oh God! Um, every now and then I'll hum, uh, I'll hum a Hardware Store some. Oh, that's a good one. That that gets stuck in the old craw sometimes. And then a lot of the Michael Jackson ones are catchy as fuck. I get Yoda all the time. Yoda all the time. Okay. And um, oh, I can't think of what the name of the song is, but it's the American Pie one, the Star Wars song. I oh yeah, the saga begins. I know the whole thing from beginning to end. Oh, me too. It often, it, generally, when American Pie comes on the radio, I'll start singing the Weird Al song. It's the same with uh, with his Michael Jackson ripoffs. I really don't hear the original Michael Jackson songs anymore, ever. And it's always Ju- a Weird Al. <laughs> Jurassic Park will often get stuck in my head. Yeah, that's a that's an earwormy one too. Um, yeah, but even why- though even though MacArthur Park is one of the funniest goddamn songs ever written, without Weird Al having to do a parody out of, of it. Yeah, I mean he's just had so many such a prolific prolific man and he's got so many 
classics that are just amazing. Did I've you also see that really, movie though? Did which you one? see the Weird Al movie? Yeah, it was great. Out? Oh, fucking that movie! I did amazing. not know it was a parody. It yes, of course. Me. It was such a fucking prank on me. Oh my god, it was so good. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be an actual movie about Weird Al. No. I'd seen the Funny or Die skit. I didn't know they were uh, making that Funny or Die skit into a whole oh, freaking movie. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so good. You're not the only one to not know that, and it, that's I think that's part of it. That's why they did it. Oh, oh, it was so good. <laughs> oh my god, and I love how Daniel Radcliffe only takes fucking bizarre roles, but he does it so well. And did he's you made, see the movie? He made he enough had... money off the Harry Potter series where he doesn't ever have to work again. Did you he see the movie where he played the guy that got guns bolted to his hands? Oh, that movie was so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Uh, now, Weird Al songs. Oh, my God. Yoda is... Uh, Yoda will get stuck in my head all the time. I mean, Christmas songs by Weird Al and the night Santa went crazy. Yeah. Talk about dark. <laughs> That's up there um, with uh, One More Minute with just being dark yeah, as fuck. One More Minute is definitely dark. Well... He was in a very, very altered state of mind when he wrote that song. So he had just been had his heart. He had just been heartbroken for the first real time. So was that on Jurassic Park? Uh, I believe so. It was on that album. I first heard it on one of his greatest hits albums. But trying to find the it was Alapalooza. That was the oh, album. okay. That was the the first Weird Al album I owned. Oh, okay. Because before that, my grandfather just had a collection of them. He had records, and we would listen to the records. Nice. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah. And he had all the old um, Dr. Demento records, too. Yeah, well, it all started with another one rides the bus. So uh, you have an, uh, uh, uh I forget who his drummer was, but uh, playing his, uh, banging on his accordion case for beat behind him at the show. Yeah. He's playing accordion. <laughs> They're doing another one rides the bus. <laughs> when I was a kid, my, when I was a really small kid, my favorite bands were the Beach Boys and Michael Jackson, so it led into Weird Al pretty easy. Oh, yeah. I grew up listening to K-Earth 101 oldies and classic rock stations as a kid, so I was Neat. big into big into, big into into classic rock and big into oldies. So I really like... My, my parents took me to see the Turtles when I was nine. Oh, and nice. I, I knew the song. Um, the So Happy Together when I was a kid because they played it in the Ernest movie and, you know, I'd heard it. So yeah. when they when I was going to see the Turtles, I actually was like, oh, this is going to be boring. It's just going to be the Turtles. <laughs> I didn't know that they're really funny people. Oh, OK. And um, they actually started the song with a guy dressed up the start of the concert with a guy dressed up like Axl Rose comes out and starts playing oh, wow. guitar solos. And then the lead singer of the Turtles comes out and kicks him off the stage <laughs> and says, we don't play that crap. We play this crap. And then they play Turtle songs. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, that's good. I was nine, and I remember that really clearly. <laughs> that's really funny. That's that's great. And it was the it was the turtles and the grassroots, and I hadn't heard "Live for Today" before that. And yeah, and it's like, oh wow, that's such a great song. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a real big fan of his polka medleys. Me too. 
Those all, all all end up humming along to those a lot. Uh, polka party yeah. and polka till you die and uh, can't stop the polka and a couple of the other. Oh, there's they're so good. It's it's neat to go back and listen to Weird Al because it's like all the different eras of music. Yeah, and then every once in a while he'll put a classic on one on a newer one. And My Bologna is one of the funniest goddamn. Things. That's one of his first, right? Where, uh, yeah, like, that's his off his first. first that, that was off his first. Hit that one. Um, uh, uh the white stuff the oreo song uh oh the white stuff is good yeah and i think uh uh eat it was the other the other big one that was on his first album the white stuff would have been much later maybe i don't remember yeah because new kids of the block was a little later than that okay then yeah it would have been it would have been a later one then but yeah the i i think um a lot of his like um Eric Clapton stuff and stuff like that was early. Okay. I do love the story about him with... I'm sorry I'm derailing this into Weird Al, but... Dude, you're fine. I love Weird Al. I used to get Weird Al CDs for Christmas every year, so it was like a real like Christmas nice. thing. I'm not disparaging you, your Weird Al love. I love him as well, so... I will tell you about the other Christmas story I saw this year, though. Um, Apple TV has a Christmas movie that came out last year called Spirited. Okay. I will share it unspoiled, but it's a musical with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. I, I remember someone mentioning it. Will I don't Ferrell, know anything about it. Will Ferrell, this is the premise. I'm not going to spoil anything because there are some twists, but the premise is Will Ferrell plays the ghost of Christmas present. And oh, it's a retelling of the Christmas Carol. Okay. Yeah, but it's like a corporation huh. and they do it over and over again. Huh. Like every Christmas they save another person. Interesting. And um, they decide they're going to do it to Ryan Reynolds because he's irredeemable. Uh, he's like the worst person on the planet. He's like one of those really toxic um, is, motivational speakers. Is Will Ferrell playing a serious character or is he slapsticky the whole time? He's slapsticky the whole time. Eh, all right. I'm probably not going to enjoy it then. I'm not a big fan of his. His serious roles it, are okay, but. Well, I wouldn't say he's slapsticky the whole time. He's not. Because... It's not the other guys, though. No, it's more like Elf. Ugh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I'm it's good. very playful and movie. children's movie and kind I, of. I, yeah, I do not like that movie. It's also a full-on stage musical. Like it. Fair, the, but the um, the um the stage breaks down into a theater stage, and it's never it. It's like an old-style musical. It's okay. Not like, I love it. Yeah. I just ugh, yeah. no thanks. I don't. I don't like Will Ferrell when he's don't being like that. Will Ferrell. I don't like that side of him. Like I said, you his like Stranger than Fiction, good. huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. That was great. But uh, I, I used love... to feel the same way about Will Ferrell, but I've given him some chances, but I don't like Step Brothers. I, no, I can't stand that movie. But I do I, like I love school. I love John C. Riley too, but they're just like, oh. Yeah, I don't like Step Brothers. I do like old school. I don't enjoy man-child comedy. It's just not funny to me. Unless it's Pee Wee Herman? There was an exception. Honestly, I didn't enjoy yeah. Pee Wee all that much, quite oh, frankly. Oh, okay. Like I, another good example. I'm trying to think of an exe- an exception because I I generally don't like it either. I I, I hated Adam Sandler's man-child characters. I yeah, they were funny, but it was mostly because of the pee and poo jokes. I mean, Happy Gilmore's funny because he's not. Well, I liked as Happy bad. Gilmore. Yeah, he's I, not as bad. The, Billy the, Madison um, is Billy fucking Madison unwatchable. Is just awful. Yeah, it's fucking unwatchable sometimes. Uh, I wasn't. I I. Oh, I, I loathe Little Nicky. I don't think I've ever actually seen it I all the way through. Nicky. I can't stand I it. I like Little Nicky. Oh, it's just no. I actually had an opportunity to buy the flask from that movie, and I didn't do it. It was a little bit too expensive at the time. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Waterboy. 
but his like serious work and his 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 more modern uh fucking um, um uncut diamonds was great. I haven't or seen uncut it. gems I, was great. I I've seen um that movie where he plays a cook and his oh what's it called Spanglish? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was really good. good. Yeah, his romantic comedies aren't too bad. I mean, they're mostly vacation flicks, but. He he makes them so he can go vacation in the exotic places. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed Fifty First Dates. I think him yeah. and Drew Barrymore are a good combo. I enjoyed Blended for the same reason. Um, the one with the other guys, uh, with the all the dads. I forget the the, the fucking the um where it's basically him and his friends making a movie. Yeah, the, uh, those were that the was one funny. where the first the one was funny together. Yeah, yeah, but... that one was funny. But again, he was playing a more serious role. He wasn't being the fucking manchild. Yeah, the. I don't find man children funny. That's it's just it's not something. No, I, I get it. Not I get comedy. It. I, I get. I'm trying uh, to think of a man child movie that I really really enjoy, but I can't think of any. Right. I think, and it's probably something I'm not real into either, because I wasn't I wasn't a huge Chris Farley fan for the same reason. I, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it has funny moments, and like I've seen I've seen the movies he's famous for. Uh, Tommy Boy and all that. like they're funny to an extent, but after a while it just gets repetitive and dumb. <laughs> but I'm trying to. There's got to be an exception. There's got to be a man-child movie that's really good. I can't think of any. But I, I bet explains why I liked old school because it's not that kind of movie. Yeah, like I've seen old school. It's funny. I get it. Like I don't. I don't hate it because he's in it. I, I watched it. I, I've, I've given him a fair chance. I've seen a lot of his movies. I just I'm what not about, a fan of his. I I can think of a kind of a dumb comedy that I do give a pass to that I think is amazing. Is that Dodgeball? Dodgeball was funny. Yeah, Dodgeball was funny. But Dodgeball was funny. It was also the it, supporting cast. It existed in a separate reality. Yeah, and that reality was consistent. And Alan, Tud- Alan Tudyak played a pirate. Yeah. And like I said, it existed <laughs> in a different reality where things could be a little wonky. Yeah. But, yeah, but my favorite um, thing about that movie is when the treasure chest shows up at the end, it's literally labeled Deus Es Machina. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. It it was uh, it was good. It also wasn't them being mad children. It was they're playing dodgeball. I mean, yeah, it's a dumb premise. They're playing dodgeball. They were losers. They weren't man children. Exactly. Exactly. I just, uh, you know, throwing a tantrum in a crowd. If anything, the man-child in that movie was the bad guy. Exactly. Which I don't mind hating, because he's not the protagonist. Yeah. (laughs) But when the movie is a protagonist that I can't stand, I'm not going to enjoy the movie. (laughs) I don't know why I liked liked Little Nicky. I think it was because Little Nicky had a ridiculous kind of fantastical premise, and I'm okay with a f- ridiculous okay. fantastical premise. Same thing with Elf. I was okay with it because yeah. it had a ridiculous... <laughs> and when when um the Bob Newhart scenes in that movie made the entire movie Fair. worth it for me. I'll give you that. The Bob Newhart is amazing in that movie. He's Bob magical. Newhart's amazing oh. in everything. He's magical. But... And like we've talked about before, the ending of his show was the greatest thing that's ever been done on television. Yes. Oh, often imitated, never duplicated. The double never blind had the fake. craziest dream. The double blind fake. <laughs> it's had the craziest dream. What? What happened? We owned a we owned a, a, a bed and breakfast in Vermont. <laughs> that's crazy. I know. <laughs> Go back to sleep, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. We we've been watching um over the holiday we started watching um For All Mankind. I haven't heard of it. It's Apple TV. 
Okay. Um, it's an alternative history show where interesting. It's basically what if Russia landed on the moon first? Okay. And what I like about it for alternative history is it's not dystopian. It's hopeful. Interesting. It's basically shows that we would be in a better place now if we we would have had to we would have had to strive a lot further. We would have kept going. Um interesting. Yeah, with like technology that we didn't get until just recently coming out in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, neat. That's interesting. That's an yeah. interesting thought process. Because, yeah, there, most of the time you go with alternate history, it's always dystopian. I mean, Man of the High Castle was completely dystopian. And each season is an era. Like, they go from the 60s okay. to the 80s. Okay, interesting. And then they go, yeah, and it's on its fourth season now. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, the um, one thing I have noticed, we're only on the second season now, but one thing I, I do like is, as far as the alternate history stuff, Mm-hmm. There's just a few like things like oh it's wow. not it's not drastically like, altered. Well, like they'll show like a newspaper article where somebody who definitely was not alive in the eighties still is. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know what you mean. yeah. Yeah. You know, they, it's like they there, there'll be an article yeah. that say like a bullet narrowly missed this person. Yeah. And you'd be like, they died when that happened in real life. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, attempted assassination attempt. Yeah. Thwarted. Assassination attempt thwarted. It's like, ah! Yeah, there's yeah. there's stuff like that. Um, there's also, because history is different, there might be some names who have different positions in office in different countries in different times. And a lot of the famous astronauts are different because Neil Armstrong was not the first man on the moon. Right. And the big it famous was... person becomes the first woman on the moon. Interesting. You also hear things like, I'm going to be on Apollo, on Apollo 55. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like, wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Let's see. I started watching, uh, uh, I started watching uh, Tom Selleck in Blue Bloods. I'm on like season eight now. <laughs> wow. It's actually My a really good a big show. Fan of that show. It's a really good show. My I mean, mom's yes, a it's big predi- fan of yes, that it's show. predictable, but the storylines in it are are the the family dynamic and everything. It's, I enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, you know what? I, I also started, love Tom Selleck. So, well, we had family here for a few days. So, whenever we have family here, it's like when people get bored, you just throw some random show on TV. Yeah, we watched a few episodes of The Mentalist. Okay. I've seen that whole show like maybe five times. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this episode again. Okay. You know, it shows like that for me are like The Mentalist, Burn Notice. Oh, I loved Burn Notice. Um, it's such a good show. I could throw it on anytime. I've seen oh, the yeah. whole thing many times. Oh, yeah. I love um, that. I love that show. Uh, Leverage. I haven't seen that one. Oh, oh, Leverage is really good. If you like okay. like Ocean's Eleven type stuff, okay, I'll have to check it out. Every episode is like that. <laughs> where nice. every single episode, it's like I got you. You're gonna go to jail, and then the music starts playing, and it does the montage of what really was going on, and the right. wall lifts up, and there's like I love they, it. That's yeah, good. that's good. And, All right, and check that Timothy out. Hutton is the main character. Okay, I have to check that out. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah what's uh, funny, it was one of those shows that ran like f- five seasons and then got canceled, and then they brought it back on Amazon um, nice. and got Noah Wiley to play the lead on it. And, nice. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, he's great. Uh, let's see. Oh, I started. Uh, I started getting back into wrestling. I started listening to Steve Austin's podcast, and it got me interested in watching some wrestling stuff. So I I subscribed to the WWE Network, which is now on Peacock Plus. Does it get really political? Wrestling or podcast? No, not not generally. He talks okay. mostly about wrestling and other bullshit. Well, that's good because I've I've listened to him talk before. Okay, yeah, he's he doesn't get overly political. Okay. Most of the time, he's just talking about bullshit that's going on. <laughs> and he's honestly amusing. Cause... Well, I mean, I know he is a politician, so it's like... Yeah, well, yeah. the the episodes that I've heard so far, he hasn't gotten yeah. too political. He's mostly talking about his ranch and, and uh, wrestling with other people that used to be wrestlers. Cool, because I appreciate him when he's not talking about politics. Yeah. I love the stories about him and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah some of those are good but i i was a big fan of wrestling back during the attitude era in the late 90s early 2000s and then i grew out of it i didn't grow out of it. i stopped watching uh and then i'm starting to pick it up again so i don't really know who the players are anymore i know some of the old hats are still around like cena's still john cena's still a thing uh I know. Uh, I know somebody died a couple of years ago. That was a shock. One of the Wyatts or something like that. I'm not 100 percent who that is, but yeah, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly, slowly sinking back into that pond, one toe at a time. <laughs> I did not know he was still wrestling. Who? John Cena. Yeah, he's one of the he, he's one of the veterans now. Oh, they bring him back for like WrestleMania and stuff. Yeah, he's 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 still a big crowd draw, so they bring him for the big for the big shows. He doesn't really do the T. He makes appearances on the TV shows, but he's mostly just there for the pay per views. Is it usually like a surprise thing? Oftentimes, yeah. Or when he's cutting a promo or trying to get a storyline going, or something, they'll show up, or he'll he'll come to he'll come to the ringside for somebody, or he'll dive out of the back to say to to rescue somebody who's getting beat up or something. When I was watching that For All Mankind show, there was a blast from the past because they were watching wrestling on TV. Yeah. And it was Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> nice. I knew who Sergeant Slaughter was before I knew he was a wrestler hmm. because he was an action figure in G.I. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, he was a G.I. Joe. Yeah, he made him a G.I. Joe. But yeah. he was a wrestler first, I yeah. believe. Yeah. No, the character he, was around the 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 GI Joe was inspired by the wrestling character. But I think he was a wrestling character that inspired the GI Joe figure before he was in the WWF. Yeah, he started like he, he started was, before that. He was Yeah. He was he brought that character to the WWF. Yeah. He didn't create like, it because of it. He brought it to yeah. the WWF. Like he was one of those wrestlers that wrestled with the dude that the movie The Wrestler was about. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Or I don't like know. The Rock's dad. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, but I was a big fan. Of, I, I watched during the Attitude Era, which is arguably the greatest span of wrestling, the the, the greatest five year span of wrestling of all time. When they had the most superstars, they had the best shows, and sold out appearances everywhere. Was that WCW or WWE? No, it was WWF, and then it turned into the WWE during the middle, during the tail end of it. I got out of wrestling when the WCW happened. Okay, well, and the I... WCW got eaten. There's like. Three or four of them now, and they all kind of intertwine and merge and unmerge and merge. And and I it's... did watch a little bit of that, the EWF, okay. that ran for a tiny bit before it evaporated, the Extreme Wrestling Federation. Yeah, 
And some of them are like the minor leagues, so it's where they put people that they're not quite ready for the big shows yet to test them out, to have them gain experience and teach them things, and then then they'll bring them into the bigger full the bigger shows and stuff. It's 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 all a big system. My dad took me to a couple of the low like the mm-hmm. professional wrestling, like yeah, uh, they're they're called behind the bowling sh- alley type they're, stuff. They're, they're called house shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not televised or anything. They're just yeah. they're chances for the performers to get out there and work. And I understand that they're very they're much more common in like the Midwest. Yes, very much so. There's a lot of little companies out there that have troops that go around and tour and do shows and I think it'd be a lot of fun. I I, I sense one of us is gonna get a nerdy thing out of that one week. Oh, probably. We're gonna go to one of those. <laughs> I'd love to find one out. That'd be God, great. We to... haven't done a we haven't done a wrestling episode in a while. We haven't and uh yeah we've we done haven't. two we've done two wrestling episodes and i don't think i was in one of them i don't think were you in the one where we had uh brent on and he was doing that wrestling project i think so i don't remember it, you know it, it, you've been listening and you've been on the show long enough that you may hallucinate and think you were on the one you it's possible to. it's possible i i honestly don't know i don't think so but i'd love to like i said i was i was a big fan during the attitude era so I'm going to ask one last question before we close out the episode and go to the bonus episode. Okay. What is your favorite joke in the Christmas movie? Favorite joke in a Christmas movie? In the Christmas movie. Which Christmas movie? The the Christmas story. Oh, a Christmas story. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I kept on calling it the Christmas movie instead of yeah, a Christmas that's, story. That's, yeah, a Christmas movie is not its name. Uh, <laughs> the one that sticks with me that I use the most all, that all the one. time. That <laughs> one. <laughs> Is is the uh, the fragile joke? Oh, it must be Italian. Fragile. You know, this may reveal a little bit about my personality, but do you know what I laugh at more than any other thing in that movie? The Chinese guy singing ra 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 ra. Well, now that's it. I forgot about that. That <laughs> no, when um when he beats the living shit out of that bully. Oh yeah, yeah, that's great too. His mom didn't even get mad at him. She just. <laughs> and he's like crying while he's doing it. Oh yeah, taking it all the frustrations. Uh, that was great. I laughed when he shot his eye out. Oh yeah, I did. I Every did single thing he said, said they've warned him about that so many times in the movie. First thing he does, boom, right in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and what were the chances? I just, uh, yep, uh, such a great movie. <laughs> he looks like a pink nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I I do remember Santa scaring me a bit when I was a kid. The ho ho ho, oh, with the yeah. foot kicking down the slide. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Ho ho! <laughs> the boot comes down. The movie was shot very very well, and it portrayed the point of view of Ralphie as the whole thing is great. It did that very well. We watched the the um the sequel where they got the actor who played Ralphie to come back. Interesting. Wasn't bad. Huh. I didn't it wasn't know they great, made but it wasn't bad. Okay. Well, what about you? What's your favorite? Oh, you already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah but yeah, the, the very, very racist uh, Chinese waiters. Singing, oh, it's uh, pretty funny. Singing deck the halls, but then yeah, it was oh, one of the things so that I really like about the going to the Chinese restaurant for Christmas mm-hmm. is that something we did a couple of times when I was a kid. Uh, see, my favorite is my favorite is the anecdote that the response that the reactions of the mom and the two kids at the table when they cut the head off the goat or the, <laughs> cut the head off the goose. They didn't know that was going to happen, so that was that was a true reaction. <laughs> they didn't know he was going to do that. They just, oh, 
<laughs> I laugh so hard when the dogs come through the house. Oh yeah, and... they let the door open and the dogs come through and eat the tur- eat their turkey. <laughs> and it was telegraphed early on in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, still catching even after watching the movie more than once. It's always a surprise. <laughs> well, cause you forget about it. It happens once, then you forget about it. Yeah. The um Honestly, I the don't the, I, the I plugging can tell in the scene in the movie that I don't like. The, well, for me, the plugging in of way too many uh, plugs into one outlet just reminds me of my grandma's house. Oh, so much. <laughs> the kid who sticks his tongue to the pole. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that scene. I never have liked that scene. Yeah, you know how they did that scene, right? How? Uh, they there was a, a hole drilled into the pipe, and they used vacuum to stick his tongue to it. Oh, and that's god. how they could release it on command too. Oh god! Yeah, and so he was actually he like was actually stuck to it because oh, it was vacuumed wow. into the it was vacuumed to it. It wasn't wow. cold or anything. It wasn't actually frozen, but they used a vacuum to, to stick his tongue to it. Wow! <laughs> and he could have pulled away at any time. Yeah, if he pulled force. hard enough, yeah. it would have it would have come out. But yeah. yeah, that's how they made that that look like that. Is they used vacuum in the pole? Wow! I, movie magic. I love stuff like that. It's great. The little kid in the in the in the suit is pretty funny. Oh, I can't put my arms down. Yeah, <laughs> I can't put my arms. I used down. to have to wear snowsuits like that when I was a kid. Uh, so that's why I love. Do kids up. still have to wear snowsuits? I wouldn't I used know. To have to it wear. Does, it doesn't yeah. snow here. I yeah. couldn't tell you. I, I live in the land that snow forgot. Well, I used to live there too, but I had a strange childhood where I kind of grew up twice in two places. Strange is definitely one word you could use to describe it. Sure. It was a compound. Yeah. The big house yes, it that was. multiple families lived in uh-huh. was in a commune. They both start with C. No. Yes. No. And and listeners, and no, if you haven't heard it, we've had this goddamn argument before. Brian grew up in a cult, okay? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he lived on a commune no, with a bunch of other hippie not. families. It was a big house. It was a family all compound. The families were related to me, and it wasn't any kind of strange organization or anything. It was just. It was a cult. My grandfather was a doctor and had a big house that was like a legacy house in the family. And. The fact that the house had secret passages and stuff had to do with the fact that it was a very old house that was built up in pieces over time. (laughs) (sighs) I mean... Did I know you want, Brian? You used to be a cult. You were the child of cultists. A big group of Italians bought a large amount of property on Long Island. So most of my neighbors were my family. It's just, I use the word compound because it's a great way to describe a large property with multiple houses on it, but they were like converted. Like my grandfather's doctor's office was converted into my aunt's house and the garage was converted. Was was there a wall surrounding this property? No. No? No. What about the houses? Was there a wall surrounding the houses? No. No? No. Anybody could just waltz right up on you guys? Yeah. Yeah? Would you encourage them to stay if they came upon you suddenly? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Would they just suddenly disappear as if they never no. existed? Or did you actually I mean, hell, if anybody came up, they would probably be family members because most of my neighbors were related to me. Yeah. But I had friends that visited from other, other like, farther away. There, There's a word for that. A ghetto? Cult. No. Yes. No, I think there has to be some kind of a religious organization associated with that. It was just a family. <laughs> Not necessarily. Cults don't have to be religious. They just usually are. 
<laughs> I've been Super Vegan Brad. I was joined by David the about the third. Uh, this has been Nerd Podcast do? Radio. What do you do with a cultist in denial? Stay nerdy. Stay informed. And stay out of cults. Stay awesome. And cult free. I'm gonna fucking get you so bad. Thanks for listening to our new show. Nerd Podcast Radio.